YouTube. Good afternoon. It is April 19th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Recently, Cocaine Bear came out. I think it's had some success. It's been kind of a weird movie on is it is it a comedy? Is it action? What's happening here? But I found the maybe it's gonna be the I don't know if it's a teen version or at least maybe maybe the, the kids uh, version of this. It's gonna be called uh, Soda Bear, based off of true events just like Cocaine Bear. In Canada, woman works at a uh, at a store had bought in soda for the store for the next day. Seventy two cans of soda. The bear broke into her car and consumed 69 cans of soda. So I don't think he's going to be quite at that cocaine bear level, but that seems like a lot of sugar, a lot of caffeine. I think he's definitely going to be doing some damage uh, around the woods, even more so than they did in this woman's car. I'm all hopped up in Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, you get it. That, that's just, it just, am, I, am I crazy for maybe missing the days of just normal Winnie the Pooh kind of bear stories, not like horror story Winnie the Pooh stuff or just cocaine bear things. Like, have we reached this point where these are movies? I actually wanted to come on here and say, like, for the first time in a long time, there's more than one movie in the theaters that I would love to go see. If anything, there's probably like three or four. And that's that's great because I for a long time, I know the pandemic really, you know, <laughs> put a pause on a whole bunch of stuff, but... I, I'd like to think that maybe we're getting back to movies being back and actually going to the theaters being worth it. I, I know streaming has really, really made it a big improvement, especially at your home experience. But there's something fun about still going to the movies. And I don't really have a whole lot to say about Cocaine Bears or, you know, spinoffs of all that. But I am happy that movies are, are back. Um, are you are you interested in Cocaine Bear, though? I, maybe I can see a situation for it, but that's not something I'm really dying to go see in theaters. Like, that's a... That's a drunk at home movie night with the boys, right? That's that's Friday oh, night. Yeah. We we didn't have any plans, or we oh, got yeah. snowed in with the snowstorm, and there's no leaving today. Let's do something reckless, as reckless as you can get at home. Yeah, maybe, maybe a plane movie. That that was not a, a go to the theater movie for for me. Uh, not that I'm going to the theater very often in in general. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's that's fascinating. I I wonder, I, like, how does all this translate into other countries as well? Like, are are bears as universal or like? They have their own different regions of bears, or maybe, maybe this isn't even an original story. Who who knows? I'm. This was Canada. This was another country. For the spinoff, the original. No, right? Oh, oh yeah, I think yeah, I think that was America. I'm pretty sure. I I actually I, can't, I don't have I can't confirm that. I don't I don't know nearly enough about it. Yeah, they they have, they have bears in other countries. I know they do, but they they I assume they have different uh, types of bears, and I think that does that translate? This is what I'm saying. I, it, you know what? Do we need to really talk about bears? Why are we doing this? Right? I, I've drunkenly watched basketball for an entire weekend. I'm so prepared to talk about it. How about we do that? <laughs> Works for me. All right. I, I have a ton of bull takes. The playoffs have been great for the first couple games here. There's been some storylines. There's been some consequences already handed out. We have our first suspension. It did not take long. I, I don't want to start with that. Instead, I want to start with what I think is the best team in the playoffs, and I'm going to say the boldest thing right now, and that is if the Celtics do not win the championship this year, something went wrong. Because I'm looking across the board at everyone else. Unless Giannis comes back and is 1,000% healthy, and there's for sure a durability, no issue with durability with Giannis there. I just, if he's hurt, he's hurt. If he's unable to come back from it, and I'm not sure of the situation, it may be by the time he sees us that he is fine. But 
just looking across the board, not that impressed with anyone else. And it feels like if the Celtics don't win the championship this year, something went wrong. Now, something could still go wrong, as well as I could just be wrong about another team. They could figure it out. Sometimes these playoff journeys are about just bonding together, finding that chemistry, finding that groove, and then just marching forward until no one's in your way. I, I can see that happening. I'm not expecting that to happen. But how excited are you with my new bull take? This is not normally the avenue that you take, so it is. It, it's if it's not bold in the general sense of it, it's bold for this podcast. I wasn't expecting that to be your first bold take out of all of this. I think one thing that you have to remember is that we're playing the Hawks, which we had picked when we had the list of teams that we most wanted to play at the very top. So I'm a little concerned. Is it not that we look so good? Is that we just match up so well and we just had it just everything like all of the Hawks' strengths we just have under control. Like we're not going to get cut up by, by Trey young, multiple games. We're able to contain him. We have the gut. We have so many guards. We, we haven't even played Grant Williams yet. He's going to play a, a huge role when we have to play bigger guys. But for right now, I mean, we haven't even had to, had to use him yet. Uh, all Derek white in the first two games, I think it was, has scored. It's been like three of his highest scoring games of his uh, Celtics tenure. So he is just do, doing great. And if, it just he just adds on to the, the the Jays being good, and that that just helps out. But I I want to just hold off because we have played two games. Uh, one of the other top teams that has not had injuries as of yet, uh, the Nuggets. They've only played one game. They're gonna play tonight. They almost beat the the Timberwolves by thirty. So I think it could just be if they also go in tonight, win by twenty plus. You know, got to keep them on on the on the radar. I, I saw earlier today Giannis got moved from doubtful to questionable for tonight. So I got to imagine, if not tonight, in the next week, he, he's going to be coming back. Did not look like a fun fall, but nothing. It's not a knee. It's not an ankle. Nothing's broken. You know, I, I, and he's always a super tough guy. So I expect him to be back pretty quick, and they're, they're going to get rolling again. Well, all right. All, all great points. I just feel capable, and it wouldn't even be that shocking to just pick apart every other team. Like, the first team I'm going to pick apart is the Sixers. They're a one-man team. I, I know Harden hit some shots. I went and looked back at it. Do you know he's taking zero free throws? Like, none. Really? None. I don't think he's taking a single free throw. So, like, they're not giving him it. He's not driving. He's not doing that. And I just feel like if he's going to be reliant on the jump shot, that's that's just that's just not going to work. They're, they're playing a team that I know is not necessarily the, the proper – seating equivalent you know they made so many moves with trading Durant and Kyrie and all of that and they just kind of fell into this seating but like I, I just I just think that that's a real beatable team I'm not scared of that the fact that Maxi feels like he can get shut down and that Harden feels like they can throw a lot of bodies at him I, I especially if you're the Celtics we match up very well against them we have some bigs to even throw at Harden or at, at uh, and Embiid and we we for sure have guys to throw at Harden and then I kind of like if you're going at like the Kings approach where you can't worry about everyone that you're going to have to defend. At some point, you have to say they have to defend us. Like, if you're the Kings, you know, I know I don't have a guy that can shut down Curry, but do they have a guy that can guard De'Aaron Fox also? Like, the Celtics, I think we win those sort of conversations every single time, and that is why I think something's got to go really bad for us not to win these matchups. I, I, I like our our I like, I like our roster, and, and right now I think Derek White might be our best player, and that says something because – we have two other really, really good players in Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. 
Brown, who continuously just keeps injuring this hand over and over again, I if this ends up becoming something, it's going to be a really tragedy if, if this adds up to him missing even a single game because of that whatever laceration or whatever finger stuff he's got going on now. I, I just I just want him to be healthy. Maybe he can recover a little bit in this Atlanta. Maybe we'll have some time off if we take care of business in Atlanta, and that's the best thing we can do. I, I just I can pick apart every single team. I can give you a reason about everything, especially in the West too, whether it's just injuries or believing. How are these guys actually going to be healthy by the, the finals? And I think the Celtics have a chance to be healthy and the best chance to be healthy. Anything could happen. It's for sure not a guaranteed thing with anyone ever. But I like our odds, and I like our odds more than anyone else, and I'm saying that early. And I want to say it now because I'd like to get some credit for it later. And Milwaukee is the only one I would say, you know, if Giannis comes back, they're for sure there. They're, they're, it's a tough matchup. But I, I like the way we match up against them. And I won't be shocked if we lose to, my, or to Milwaukee, but – I like the way we match up with them. Um, are you ready for some more bold takes? You got yeah, any bold no. takes? I I do. I'm still just shocked that you're you're the one coming. I thought I was gonna barely be able to get any Celtics talk in uh, edgewise. I mean, if you want to talk Derek White for another five minutes, I I totally will. No, I, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm I'm good. I I, I liked uh, you know we watched the, uh, the the first game together and was just kind of wondering how we were you know gonna come out. And just immediately, Jalen Brown jumps the, the the pass on the the Hawks' first play, and just we just jumped all over him. And then last night we started off a little bit slow, went down by double digits, but then immediately afterwards just got up by uh, double digits ourselves. And then I think they cut it to nine in the fourth, but they were always at arm's length. There was never a concern throughout that we were collapsing. It was just all right. Well, we've just been up by so much, and you know we're 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 going to be fine. And there was no no uh, issue of oh I don't know what's gonna happen, but well now we're gonna have to go now we're gonna have to go on the road and it's always a little bit trickier on the road. So I'm interested to see how we how we handle that and would really like like you're mentioning with Jalen Brown's hand if we could get this sweep taken care of and if the Sixers could maybe take a game or two when they're at home and just give us a little little, little time to rest and help help that hand out. All right, next bull take. So. Kings are up 2 nothing against the Golden State Warriors. The next two games are going to be in Golden State. Those are going to be the last two games in Golden State this year. And I got even a bolder take. I think this is going to be the last game Draymond plays in Golden State ever. I think this is over. I think the era of Draymond Green being described as an actual basketball player is over and that the entertainment career of Draymond will continue on, and that is exactly what he is at this point. He's just a podcaster trying to draw attention for entertainment and that he is not a basketball player anymore because I don't think he's really been that effective of a player. It was a big deal. He got tossed out of the game, but I wasn't sure how much he was really impacting it. They don't have a whole lot of other options with him or, or without him. They're just kind of stuck with him. But I think this is something that has boiled over and has cost the Warriors enough. I They could easily still be in this game. Like I said, they have the next two games at home. The Warriors have only won 11 road games this year. That's like two more than Detroit. Detroit did not win a lot of any games this year, so that's not a great stat. Maybe there's no shocking, there shouldn't be any shockingness that they lost on the road. But with all that being said, I still think Kings are going to handle business. I don't know if it'll be a sweep, but I think they'll do it in five at the minimum, and it could be a sweep. This team is faster, younger, and way more hungry. This feels very much like the Celtics last year when we swept Brooklyn. And you're looking at the other side, and you're like, hey, they have Kyrie, and they have Durant, and they've got Steve Nash coaching, and they've got all these other reasons to win, and that, you know, 
maybe it wasn't sloppy regular season stuff, but you know now it's the playoffs. They're gonna they're gonna hit that on switch and it's gonna happen. And you run into a, a team that's been just locked in all year and is out for blood and has been disrespected and not been given any credit and has truly worked their hard the entire year to earn where they're at. And this other team that has had previous past success is trying to walk in with a resume, and it's just not going to work anymore. I think it's over. Is it over? Am I crazy? I, I think this is really with the writings on the wall. Now, in, next week when we do this and the Warriors are up 3-2 and Sacramento has, like, the biggest collapse in history, I mean, even with the suspension, I can't imagine Sacramento blowing this. Like, this this just feels this feels over. It feels like a wrap to me. But, uh, but what are you thinking? Well, you can't forget, this is the Sacramento Kings. So they've become accustomed to bad things happening to them. They haven't made the playoffs in forever. But you were saying this is a bold take, and maybe this is a bold take for right now. But before the playoffs started, last I think it was the last podcast, the podcast before, I said that things were going to go chalk and that the Kings were going to win. And America didn't necessarily think that. I don't know if you thought that, but I, I thought the Kings were going to win. I, I, I agree with uh, what you said on the we're just going to turn turn the switch on. I, I, don't, I don't know if they got it. But – Draymond's suspension, is this closer to the Rudy Gobert suspension? Is this a blessing in disguise for the Warriors, that we don't have to play this guy? We could just – he's gone, and we could play some of the other guys. Does that help them at all, or is this truly – this guy suspended, we needed him, and now we're at a disadvantage? If if the Warriors want to win a game – well, all right, this is, this is – I'll give you the argument. This is how it'll help. If the Warriors want to win a game, because I don't think they're capable of stopping the Sacramento Kings, I, even if their defense were to click back, even if Draymond came back in and was suddenly just locked in with everything, I don't think that they're good enough to shut down the Kings defensively. So they're going to have to outscore them. If they're going to outscore them, they got to score at least 120 points to co- like confidently win a game and at least 110 points to even be in the game. And I'm not sure they can do that. I, I, the offense is weird. Jordan Poole is gone. He's missing. Perhaps he needs a little home crowd backs against the wall desperation to kind of shake him out of it. Maybe he just needs Draymond out of the picture to play a little bit better. You know, you pointed this out early on that this is this is going to be a huge issue or this is going to be affecting it, and how could it not? I said it wasn't ever going to affect it. I, I'll tell you what. It looks like it's affecting it a whole lot right now, all right, because this guy is shook entirely. He is going to make so much money over the next couple of years, and he doesn't look worth a dime right now. I... I'm not sure what it all happens. Perhaps it all boils back to that. But I just think that this is all over at, at this point. Th- this has gone on far enough. And if Curry's going to go back and look at these couple of years and be like, I don't know why I stayed so committed to all of this. I wasted some years of my prime, which I was healthy, and I was ready to compete for a championship, and the guys around me weren't, or they were just doing dumb, stupid things like stomping on the chest of someone else. <laughs> how, how surprised were you that, to see the game and to see – Draymond Green does stupid Draymond Green thing and then later on tries to justify it and then gets suspended for it. Was Were you surprised that that happened? No, I, and you even said it at the time, and I and I did feel a certain I, – look, I, I, I don't think it was – I think if you put every other basketball player in the same situation, almost none of them end up in the exact same situation doing what Draymond did. Like I don't know what clicked in his mind thinking, guy grabs leg, I do this, because I'm sure guy grabs leg of anyone else – and they find something else to do. You know, if someone grabs me, I, I think you just grab them back. Or what I always liked, if somebody was putting their hands on me when I was dribbling, I would grab their hand and move it off. And, like, I would physically grab their hand and say, no, if you're going to grab me, I'm just going to grab you back and move your hand where it should be, not on me. 
I, I think you're in the play of the moment, and it, it is hard, but how do you not attach the history of, of Draymond to this? Like, there's, I hate to put in, like, lawyer talk of all this. I don't want this to suddenly turn into a courtroom where, where he has so many priors and all of that, but and, and, and you know how you get rid of all this? You just stop putting yourself in these situations. Stop doing that. The whole thing, I think the reaction to firing up the crowd at the after two didn't do him any favors. I thought that was a bad look for him, but... I it's I think it's over. I just think it's so over. I I I watched. You, you could just see Kerr. I think he aged like another thirty years throughout this entire stage of Draymond right now. It's it has to be exhausting. It's like he, it's like he wanted to get suspended. Well, I'm not sure what he was hoping to happen. Because you're asking, fire. you're asking like what what could have happened, and I've just seen the replay just a whole bunch of times, like from different angles, and for sure, uh, some bonuses on the ground. He's kind of defending himself, but I think he definitely grabs the ankle. And But in that situation, if you're Draymond, you just fall down. The guy's holding your leg, you fall down, and then they call it on Sabonis for, like, well, you can't grab a guy's leg, you tripped him. All right, boom. But when you were standing up, you're a big dude, you slam your foot down on a guy's chest, it, it, it's out, it's wide, it's a what? It's out in the open, the wide open. It was easy for everybody to see, easy call. And then he tries to get the fans all riled up. I, I, I don't. It, it didn't look like a basketball game, and he did this before. I think was it was it last year when he got ejected in the Memphis series when he got the crowd all. Uh, you know, he's running around the court, getting. You know, it it looks way more like a wrestling heel. You were just saying that his basketball career is ending and his whatever is coming up next. It's like this is not what a basketball player does. This is a performance that is happening here. And I don't know if you didn't want to get suspended why you were doing these things, especially with your history. It's like you're, you're for sure going to get suspended. I, I So I listened to the, the Simmons podcast earlier today, and he said how the NBA phrased, you know, basically due to prior incidences, like, like they've never done a suspension based on prior stuff, based on character analysis, based on like the resume that he has built himself. Of, of all this, like, really ugly basketball plays. You know, there's other one other thing I, I want to throw into the, all of this. It isn't just... It, all right, it could just be that. It could just be singularly all of the little dirty plays that he's done, all the suspensions, all the technical fouls, all the trash talking. You could singularly just say that part of it is, is frustrating to everyone. But, you know, the other thing is this guy's won. All right, th there's, there's going to be hate from other players. There's going to be hate from other franchises because they've won. They were successful. They have the one thing that other franchises dream of, and that they have multiple of. I, they're the like it's, it's like when we're Patriot fans, and everyone's like, "I just hate you guys." And it's like, why? It's like, well, obviously because you win. Like, why would I? I'm not going to be in support of you. And they've won a lot, so they're it, they're no longer the underdog dream story of like undersized Curry of all that. They're they're the juggernaut big company that that everybody dislikes that has won a whole lot and dominated basketball. Everyone's excited to watch this finally crumble now. It's it's, it's how it all goes. What is it? The, the Dark Knight, right? A live long enough to become the villain or whatever. I, it's, it's, it's it's happening. It, the era's over. They're they're not what they once I can, were. I can I can separate the two. We just lost to him last year in the finals. But I can also get the he stomped on a guy's chest. That was a couple of days ago before the season started. He punched a teammate in the face on video. That came out. And those are just two incidents right off the top of my head. That has nothing to do with anything prior, and I can easily separate the two. It wasn't. It didn't seem to me like it was a. Uh, this was kind of close. Maybe it was one of those uh, hold me back situations where he kind of flails his arms, and it's like, well, was it a punch? Did he make contact? Anything like that? No, he stomped on 
the best player on the other team who is also questionable for tonight. Or oh, sorry, is it tonight? Uh and might not be able to play. Uh, so I I I'm I think there's some theater in the uh, x-ray and whatever MRI bullshit they had after on his lungs and ribs. I for for sure within reason. Like look, it's a it's a huge player stepping on another huge player. The, the bones are still built out of the same stuff. Like it, for sure he could be injured. He could definitely be injured. It was a an aggressive move. But he finished the game, you know, and I, I just I think he's going to be all right. I think I, I'd be shocked if Sabonis we'll didn't play. We'll see. I, I, I hope he plays, and I don't think – I think if he does play, it shouldn't be, oh, well, then Draymond should have been suspended. But I, I was surprised that uh, it wasn't more universally either expected or encouraged that, oh, well, yeah, he, non-basketball play, he should be suspended for a game. And it was a little – it seemed a little more uh, even. Yeah, they, no, they're – they play – they don't play play tonight. They're playing later later in the week. Right. Last. So maybe, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be better by then. This I would say this isn't. I I already said I thought the Lakers are going to beat Memphis. We we could talk about it a little bit. It just seems like a a rough matchup for for Memphis, and it it does not even a guaranteed thing. The Lakers won one game, and sometimes game one is the least realistic of all of them. The the, the adjustments are need to be made after you get to actually see the team kind of up up in person and go through it in one game and. This could easily turn around, and Memphis could be really good and get really young and fast, kind of how the Kings are. But I, I just, I like, I like this, I like the matchup for the Lakers. I think being huge and Davis being really good on defense is exactly the type of matchup that you don't want to run into if you're Memphis. It's not really a bold take. I kind of said all this a little bit in the past, and I, I still stay strong that I think the Lakers are going to win. It, it, have you changed your mind at all, or are you staying staying strong with Memphis? I am starting to, to waffle uh, a little bit. It has nothing to do with what, what the Lakers are doing. It has more to do with John Morant getting hurt. Uh, you know, he fell pretty hard, just came out that he is going to be out for, for tonight's game. I think that uh, national champion Tyus Jones, he can handle the backup duties fine, great in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you need, like, your elite guys. You need someone that's going to combat the LeBrons and the ADs. But... I think if Jaw's going to be out an extended amount of time, and now they're they're, they're only a one point favorite tonight, so if you lose both your your home games and then go to LA, I, you're you're in some real trouble. Yeah, I I kind of said a whole lot about this, like I said in the, the previous podcast. So it's not the boldest take. It is something unusual. I think when you see a lower seed just defeating a, a two seed, but it's it's not the matchup. I think they 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 hope to be having. It's not the roster they hope to be having in, in, for the playoffs right now. Uh, or the, or the minutes I think they were going to be planning on giving to certain guys. Uh, speaking of minutes for for certain guys, I I don't know if this is a bold take or if I'm really de- decided or for sure committed to this take, but I do love me some Kawhi Leonard. I I think Kawhi KD is super interesting. I think if you were to just swap their careers, I wonder if it would still play out the same. If you were to put KD on those Spurs or the Toronto team or Kawhi on the on the Warriors, the Kawhi on the Warriors, you imagine how the defense would have been? That would have been nuts. I, I I just forty minutes for Kawhi, was, man. Was, was Kawhi playing that year? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Or, is, or is that one of yeah. the years he took off? Yeah, is, is that how the is that how the, this plays out? We swap them, and it's like they neither them they just miss all those years. Like, like they they the other one won while the other one was injured. Well, I mean Durant's injuries, I I, I, I don't know, it was like more legit, but it's Kawhi just had some weird. I just it could have just been communicated better. Where when Durant got hurt, it's like, okay, he got hurt. Here's what happened. He tried to come back in that playoff series. 
and then you know unfortunately got hurt again so maybe that's the argument more for what uh how Kawhi handles it of hey i'm not coming back until i'm ready to go but it just always seems if if Kawhi's out you do not hear anything from him his camp and you have no idea when he's like ever going to come back or, or if he's going to come back or if it's just no i'm done with your team i'm gonna go somewhere else yeah and 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 Durant comes with with no strings attached. He's he's a very cooperative, easy person to play with, and has has no issues and and isn't sensitive at all. Yeah, just super easy guy. Super super easy guy. Just which one I, would you rather play with? I'm not sure. I would I would rather have the conversation of which one is better at basketball. I, I I'm not sure. I want to deal with the personal level of either of these guys. The Kawhi doesn't want anything to do with anyone, and Durant is just like, don't ever put my he, name he, in your mouth. He, he, he wants to deal. What are you talking about? He wants to deal with everybody. He's constantly on Twitter. It's like it's like they're polar opposites. They are polar opposites. I I think I'd rather the Kawhi take, but I also the lack of communication would probably rub me the wrong way. But man, I, if you if I can't be honest with you, like I just think KD every time somebody's honest or just says something he doesn't like, and he just takes it in a, in a way that just seems so defensive. And he's so good. They're both so good at basketball that it really. I just wish it wasn't the way it was. All the flaws we just mentioned, I know these are just their people as well, but if we if we could fix some of that stuff, I, they'd have some real good basketball players in their hands, and they're already really, really good as is. I This is a fun matchup for me. I, I can't I can't, I can't, can't not mention Westbrook. I, maybe not so much last night, or maybe a little bit more last night. I don't know. I just thought game one, he had a huge impact. I thought this is the guy that the Lakers were hoping they would get. Dirty work guy. This is coming, playing super hard getting blocks, just sticking his nose in everything, and, and really just made a huge impact on the game. I don't know if he, he ever needs any more motivation, Westbrook, but he is going against KD. He is going against Chris Paul. And I think early on before the Memphis stuff that we just talked about happened, I think he, he has a goal of not only winning a championship, but for sure advancing farther than the Lakers. Now, that might not happen based on the, the Memphis stuff, but I I didn't think this fire could get any hotter for Westbrook. But, man, he he's as motivated as ever. And who knows what happens here? I, it's 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 an interesting thing. I'm gonna have to give Ty Lue a ton of credit when he has to have the conversation with Westbrook. Doesn't have it today, and I have a loaded roster with a lot of other talented guys on it. That's gonna be a hard coaching decision, and I think that's what's been challenging coaching Westbrook at this point in his career. Where if he's not that game one guy, and he's just missing shot after shot, and your team's offense is a little shaky, you have a lot of other options offensively. I don't think you have to stay committed to it, but it's real hard, real hard to manage i think westbrook's emotions at some points and who knows how that all plays out but uh who, who do you have in this matchup here for the the clipper suns who is this loaded team that you're talking about hey man all george is not playing in this series do you, do you not they're, like they're starting they're starting nick batum I th- that nick batum like from a long time ago like that has played like multiple uh olympics I, I like Eric Gordon. I like Norman Powell. I like Terrence Mann. I like Mason Plumley. I actually I really like Mason Plumley. That's it's stupid that they got him. I, I think that he's gonna be the reason they advance. I think they have a chance to advance, and I think it's gonna have a lot to do with him. He has the flexibility and an effortless in passing, and he's still a good rebounder. Defensively, I don't, him and Zubak have yet to find any way to impact the game. They're just they're just not in the right position. But I think by the end of this, if they could figure some sort of lineup out with, with some sort of combination or a combination without those guys, I, I, I just I like that. I think Bones Highland could still have a game, too, where it's like, where the hell did that come from? And y- you may not have to rely on it every night, but I, th- I still think there's a game where Bones Highland could score a ton of points. I, I still think there's depth to this roster. I, you, you really don't like any of the guys? 
I, I just mentioned. No, you're you're just, you're just like you 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 talk like oh like the super deep roster and this it's like well you have to point out these guys and I guess if, if you like them but I I just especially without Paul George I don't consider that you wouldn't think of this as like oh they're a super deep team he's got all these options and so if Westbrook doesn't have it you just bench him and he'll be cool with that and we'll put somebody else in I think it's gonna create a lot more drama benching Westbrook than keeping him out there he's he's been playing well there's been no reason to have to do that it it, it just it's been totally different. They forced him off the bench uh, with the Lakers. It felt like every game it was it was Westbrook's fault, and he was the picture for for the for the loss on on Twitter. And now he's on on the Clippers, and they're playing. He's playing well, and you know they were able to get that first one off the Suns. I think the Suns are going to uh, going to figure this out and take it away because they don't have Paul George. But I don't think it's going to be Westbrook's fault. I don't think it'll be Westbrook's fault, but I I do think though that there's points where Westbrook where you have to save yourself from letting him completely sabotage his, his just natural aggressiveness and, and it's it's avoidable is what i'm saying and it has to be it has to fall on the coach the coach he's never really had a coach just just do it man just just say no nah, it's not today i maybe i'm crazy for thinking that but i look at it how he's never really been, been it wasn't able to, that long ago that he was doing triple doubles and you know was an mvp you don't just you can't just bench an mvp so i don't blame it on the coach <laughs> if, if it's your best player there's no like benching that guy what the closest I can think of was last year when Kerr benched Draymond, and Draymond's not even near an MVP. But that is the level of if he's if they're a premier starter and have that level, oh man, they got to be really bad, or there's got to be some real trust to be able to bench them. I, I just don't think you could do that. Like I, I'm not saying I trust the 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 Clippers roster entirely, but you know the Phoenix Phoenix is so top heavy. Like there's so many guys you they're gonna have to be relying on as well. Like I don't think Aiton's played very well. I I still think that there's a question mark with all that. I actually thought Biombo played better than him, and that's kind of a weird strength to have as well. Where it's like you have a choice of a guy that has some some offensive skill in Aiton and a guy that has no offensive skill in Bismack Biombo. So I I don't know who who's gonna be the one and who's gonna make the the impact of all this. I kind of hope both teams just bench all the big guys and we just go small and it's. And it's just exciting small ball, you know, Batum at center and you know, Durant at center. I, I just want to see small ball happen at all this. I'm tired of seeing the big guys. But Good luck explaining to your management how you set one of your max players in their prime. Who, Aiden's a max guy? I'm pretty sure he is. No, 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 he's not. He's expensive. He's not a max. You sure? I'm pretty sure he's not a max. He's definitely not a I think, max. I think he's one of like it's like the the, the small max guys where he because he's, he's he's still pretty young. Okay, it could be the rookie extension max or whatever that that is. I think that's what it is. Uh, he it, it is that. It's not a. All right, I keep I view the max as a super max, and all other maxes are just less maxes. They, they shouldn't be a max then. You know, it's there's there's only one. <laughs> it's a super max. Everything else is just not that. <laughs> but perhaps it's more of a dialogue thing than than it, uh, than it is an actual. It's a lot of money. That's he's getting money. I'll I'll give you that. He's, I didn't think he's getting the most amount of money in the league, but he he's making a lot of money for his position. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I just I don't think he's I don't think he's good. I'm so, like he's fine. He's just not great. It, it, he doesn't always impact the game. I feel like he gets lost in games sometimes, and it doesn't make sense to me. Like he just disappears. There's, there's there, yeah, I, I think I, it's the uh, I think it's the. I don't know if it's the rookie extension, but I think it's like the second contract. I think it was whatever that max is because he's looking at uh, 32 and a half this year, 34 next year, and 35 and a half. So that's not the 40 or the 40 plus that the tippity top guys are getting the you know veterans. But yeah, so like I said, 
Good luck explaining to your management how you're benching one of the guys that they're paying the most money to. Now, let's see uh let's see how long Landry Shaman and Damian Lee and Josh Akogi kind of last as being reliable bench options here. They just these guys are going to have to score 70 points combined every night between Booker and Durant at minimum and you got to hope that Paul just plays in the game. He doesn't have to score, he just has to be out there cuz it seems like they don't have just another has to option. Facilitate. Yeah, he's just got to kind of steer the ship. He, he doesn't have to, you know, impact entirely, you know, with the stats and all that he's just they need a leader out there I think he's still capable of doing that and I think he doesn't necessarily have to score with the guys around him if he gets him involved right it's it's the formula's there I just don't think this team stay, can stay healthy and they have no depth at all like I think this is the least depth of any of the teams remaining which is all the teams remaining I, it's it's not it's not a, a, a deep roster they, they traded everything with the Durant trade so they're all in it still could possibly work out I just think the Clippers have some other lineups and some other things to throw at people that are are going to sound crazy, but I think they have more flexibility and a lot more depth. Uh, all right, enough, enough with that one. This series is tied 1-1. There's only one other 1-1 series. The Knicks Cavaliers, I, I, I think I felt pretty strong about Cleveland, and I just liked their de defense a little bit more, and I, I thought Mitchell and Garland, and there was a Garland show last night, but... I was very impressed by the Knicks game one. I thought Brunson steered a awesome ship late night, late game control was excellent composure, clutch shot after clutch shot. And that was with Mitchell delivering blow after blow, doing his best to close out the game. And and yet the Knicks still came out on top. I, I thought that was a game that both teams played and executed very well towards the end of the game. And the fact that the Knicks won that just, just makes me lean a little bit towards them. But I, I don't know who who do you have in this one here? Are you, you going with Cleveland or the New York Knicks? I'm still going with the, with the Cavs. The Knicks did do what they had to do. Is you got to win one on the road. They'll be going back to MSG, and those fans will be ready to go. But I think that the Cavs overall are a better team. And last night, it was just a you know, just just a beatdown of you guys on the first one. But the game last night was never even close to being competitive. Yeah, I I thought Garland struggled in game one. That, that was the only thing I think the Cavaliers wish they could have done better. But they had a chance to win that game, so. If he's going to score like this and, and be a threat this way, that this team is just kind of elevated to another level. That, that being said, you know, MSG, this, these next two games, man, you talk about some crowd noise and some some fans that are going to be ready to get rowdy. Uh, that's that's going to be fun. I'm curious to see if Mitchell, who's normally been like a, I want to put on a performance at MSG, suddenly becomes like, I hate this place. These fans are ruthless and I don't ever want to come back. It's fun, though, to have a, another pl a tight playoff matchup, though. I, I think this one could go seven. I wouldn't be, I'd be shocked if it didn't. And I'm leaning slightly towards Cleveland, but not like, not drastically, not a whole lot. I, I still think this could go either way. Uh, fun, fun stuff on that one. Any, any other matchups you think are, are going to go seven? Hmm. Yeah, probably not, though. Uh, something could get weird with that Heat's Bucks uh, matchup if. Giannis doesn't come back in a, in a reasonable amount of time. It doesn't it feel like though that even though Giannis is beat up, but they lost Hero, it was like they gained a step and lost a step at the same time. There's a, a little bit of that, and I mean, that, that's not equal equal level of players. But he only got so many guys. Well, I think Hero. I mean, it's not like they got another guy to. Right, neither of them have a guy to replace the injury of either of them. But it's it's just a huge impact either way. I'm. Thinking the Bucks will actually make better adjustments. I am not sure the Bucks were 
really prepared or ready. I, I know they won games this year without Giannis, right? It's, it is possible. Uh, I just, it seemed like there was a, I think they were a little bit more concerned that it was more than just like an injury. Like he might actually be hurt for a long time. Because if you fall and you play as hard as he does, it, it wouldn't be shocking if he just landed one time and be like, yeah, well, he plays 110%. Sometimes you just, you just break a little bit. And I, I think it might have been spooked a little bit of him maybe possibly being hurt seriously. But I don't know the results of that either. I I, I don't think that'll go seven, though. Um, the only one I would say might also go seven would be Clippers Suns and maybe Warriors Kings. Those are the only two, though. I mean, I don't feel great about saying any of that. And uh, if Atlanta pushes the Celtics to seven, it's uh, you know, something something went something went wrong, man. I said something the went terribly wrong. Something went something went wrong. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's uh that's enough for a little bit of those talks. Uh, for playoffs, how about we talk a little bit more CBA and some luxury tax stuff? Uh, there's more stuff coming out on the new collective bargaining agreement, and it's fine to break it all up. I I don't think we could even digest it all the first day anyway. So uh, what what do we have to kind of fill everyone in on this week? There there's some more stuff that came out. Uh, didn't have all the details, but talking about how. With this second luxury tax, I think they call it luxury tax apron. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was uh, Zach Lowe was trying to, I think he was calling it like the, the super luxury tax or something just to try to make it easier for people to, uh, you know, to explain it to, to each other. Uh, but was talking about if you're over that, when we knew before you were going to lose some of the, the mechanisms, whether it was the mid-level exception, just there were, there were different things that other teams would be able to use just to try to keep you from spending too much money. So very much the... The, the smaller market teams voting against uh, your, your Clippers, your Warriors, probably the Celtics. I, I think those are the, the, the main perpetrators right now. But uh, but one of the updates was if you were one of those teams and you were up there, you wouldn't lose your first round pick, but your first round pick would get moved to the end of the first round. I was surprised this kind of came out. It seemed almost after the fact. This seems like pretty major on – uh, a penalty for being over this luxury tax. The, all right. So the, the penalty for it is, is, is kind of weird because don't you want teams signing guys to big contracts? Like, aren't we giving teams the capability to pay these guys? Cause we want them to get paid for this. And we want to have stars that are worthy of all these. I think where this goes wrong is you pay the wrong guys and then it becomes very, very punishable. So if you're smart with it, it should be fine. But if, if you ask me, it's like, you're also punishing teams for getting it right. Like if you look at some of the teams that, could maybe be in these situations very soon. Like the Celtics are going to have maybe two Supermax guys. And, and what, we're supposed to be punished for that because we we drafted well and we kept guys and, and we were able to afford them and they were able to agree to our contract and all that. Like it, it seems like that's unfair. It also seems like if you make one terrible trade, you could be in really, really rough shape. Like if you had, you know, a Ben Simmons contract right now or maybe a Rudy Gobert contract right now, and you gave up what you gave up to get them, and now you risk maybe being over the cap because you you're paying these guys. I, I, I just think there's there's some real there should be some real hesitation right now. I think with some of these supermax just handing them out, and I don't know if they're necessarily going to be handed out quite as much as. And I think that's the impact of all this. But I I, I think this is supposed to not punish the it's it's supposed to reward the smart teams. But sometimes I was the smart team. I just I had to pay these guys a lot of money because I was smart and drafted good guys. Like isn't that is that an issue? It, it's gonna. I'm. I'm. 
really interested in the, in the unintended consequences because if you're one of these top teams, it's not unusual for you to trade your pick. And if there, there's some sort of pick swap, but then if things do blow up on you, you know, now it just, do you spend more money to make sure you're over the luxury tax to make sure your pick doesn't get bad? Like you're a bad team. You're going to have to give it away anyway. And now it just, it, I can see it getting goofy because if it works out, I think the way they're intending it like this year, if the Celtics are over it and they have to move their top pick to the end of the first round with the other teams like that. It's like, well, we're already going to be at the end of the first round because we're a good team. So I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see the other change, uh, much less uh, impacts teams, but I think very much more impacts uh, fans. And I think this is going to be good for the fans is they're telling uh, draft prospects, you have to come to the combine now. The combine has been getting, uh, has been dwindling and getting smaller and smaller. I think last year, I don't know if anyone that got drafted in the first round actually showed up. And so it won't be for this year, but it'll be in 2024. If you, you have to show up, if you are hurt, uh, any of the, like you had a, a baby, there was a, any of like the legitimate excuses. It's not just you're off the hook for that. It's, we will set up a separate combine specifically for you, but you still have to do it. And it's, if you don't go to the combine, you cannot be, you are ineligible to be drafted. Very cut and dry. I like it. You know what? You know what? Drafting people is really hard. There's a lot of busts every year. There's a lot of teams and that make decisions and wish that they drafted certain other guys. Cause, and they, some of them just don't have the opportunity to see certain guys. And this should hopefully give us more information. should make better draft picks and better basketball, and better situations for all the draftees, too. Like the, the more information we have on you, the better chance I think we have of finding you of the right home. A lot of these guys go to the wrong home, and I, and sometimes it's, it's the way the organizations run, but it's, sometimes it's just a bad fit. Like I look at Golden State right now, and now they kind of missed on Wiseman, and it's like, dude, if you just threw Halliburton on there, like throw Halliburton on this team right now, it, it's, it just works so much better, and I'm not saying this all would have been decided if they gone to the combine, but I just think this is a step in the direction of providing teams that are drafting with as more as much information as possible, and I think that just enhances everything and smarter draft picks and smarter teams, and I and I hope that's what we get out of all this. What, what's going to be weird is see guys essentially tank at the combine to either to just because they don't want to be there and that'll be say something about them, or to get better draft position, or or who knows. Because if you're going to require everyone there, you know some people are going to care about this more than others. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be important for everyone. Is, is that crazy to think? or like, is it, like, like is, No, I'm no trying to think not, of, not at all. Like because, I'm trying to think like Ben know, Simmons. Like If he was required to go to this, right? This guy doesn't make the – LSU doesn't make the tournament. He, he's already signed up to be the number one draft pick. He, 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 there's no way he would show up for all this. If he was already rumored to be the top pick, I can't imagine him showing up to all this. Or if he did show up, he would just he wouldn't learn anything out of it, and and I and I worry about that maybe becoming a situation. But you know what? I think for the majority of people, I don't think they're like that. And there may be a few cases where we see that, and we may have to talk about it when it happens. But I don't think there are as many athletes out there similarly trying to not or not caring about this as much. But but I, I worry about that. As I don't a think it has to do. I don't think it has to do with the not caring. It has to do legitimately with with your money. It's if I'm going to be if everyone is saying i'm the number one pick you can't get any higher than the number one pick so performing at these can only hurt you only either you actually 
physically get hurt or it says, eh, you know what? I'm kind of seeing stuff I didn't see before where it, it seems like a lot of these times, if you're just not in front of the camera, you're, you're better off. So I, I like it because I think it's going to make for more content. It's going to give us more stuff to talk about. It sounds like they're not going to force them to play five on five, but there's going to be a certain amount of uh, drills to, to take part in. So I think that will be, will be helpful to, and as well as one of the other main things is you can no longer almost shop around your medicals. So some guys, you only give your medicals to the teams you want to go to, creating higher risk for other teams is you don't quite know all of the details where now there's going to be a certain range that you will have to give those medicals to. So I think that'll help teams to make better, better decisions. Uh, and then the last thing, and this is something I didn't even realize, was it used to be if you were in any of the you know non, non-college, any of the professional-type leagues, the G League Ignite, the Overtime Elite, or the NBL, or some of the over, uh, overseas, as soon as you became draft eligible, so pretty much when you were 19, you had to enter the draft. I didn't realize this. So if you're in the G League and you know there's no way I'm getting drafted, like I'm not ready, but like I'm, I'm kind of making my way on this G League team, you would have to enter the draft and you would have to you know, make that transition. Where now, if you know you're not ready, you could stay in the G League, you could stay on this uh, you know, overtime elite, wherever you want to be, and then at whatever point you were saying, even if you're you – no, know, now you're 22, but you're like – now I'm ready. Now I think I'll get drafted. Now you're able to to do it that way. Yeah, all right. In that exact situation, continuing off of what you just said, does that person have to go to the combine? Yes. Okay, I, everyone. If, so if, if I'm in the G League you, for three years, and I'm finally ready to enter the draft, I got to go to the combine to enter the draft, and then wherever that plays out, it plays out. Yes. Yep. All right. Yeah, I like – yeah, I'm 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 good with that. Was the point? It was supposed to be. It's a, it's a developmental league. It's called the G League because Gatorade wanted to sponsor it, but it's, it was the D League for development, and that was the idea of all of it was to provide an option for high schoolers to get better and work with NBA teams to play NBA basketball. It is not the college experience. It is not the college education, as well. There 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 are differences I, there, and the money is one of the impacts. I think that's. I thought this was going to be the bigger leverage for them. It's a little bit less when now college guys have the options to make sort of endorsements or whatever the the phrasing of it all is, and that's changed some things. Name, image, and likeness. There there you go. That's that's, that's the stuff. You're not allowed to make money off of your basketball ability, but you're able to make money off of what you look like. But I still think there's a strength, and I'm not disparaging, you know, every college program, but I, I, I think there's an elite bunch that probably give you a similar training aspect of of basketball improvement that the the, the G League can kind of compete with and, and I think there's a lot that that just don't have the facilities of the time or the the, the management of, I think that's an advantage of the G League what, but what I think is is very interesting is the CBA is agreed upon between the the players uh union and you know, the, the, the owners and it's, you know, combined makes it, Hey, this is what we think, how our league should be run. What you'll notice is that when you are in the G league or I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the G league, cause you're not in the NBA. I don't think you have a player's union in college. There's definitely not a union. So it's like these rules are being made for you. And I mean, it's the NBA, they get to make the rules going in, but it's just interesting that the group that this is impacting the most has literally no say on 
the, hey, you know what? I actually would not want to do the combine. So, like I said, I don't know if it's the best for players, but I think it's definitely good for fans. Well, I'm curious. Do uh, you think what network is going to get start bidding for the combine now? Like, I, I, I know it's been ESPN in the past, but is this going to suddenly become something that, like, you know, TNT is like, hey, man, we normally aren't into this, but now if you're signing everyone up, you know, throw our hat in the ring. We'll throw a bid in there. Is this going to be a multi-day thing? You know, we're going to have a little bit on that channel, oh, a little bit over oh, here. Oh, big time. I mean, there'll be years where there's not a, a ton of interest. But think about this year. You get time to have uh, Wemby on your airwaves. You're definitely interested. I mean, people are going to be following him all over the place. Is this rule kicking in, like, immediately? So, like, is, is Wemby in? No, no. It'll it'll be for 2024. Okay. All right. Well, that's... That that's all right. So next Soon. year, yeah, this is that's happening. This, that means this is this is locked in. All right. Well, that's that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, if uh, curious to see how w- Wemby turns out, that's going to be a, a story of itself and where he ends up. But hopefully next year, there's well, this he's interest- going to have to go head to head with uh, with Chet for uh, possible rookie of the year. <laughs> Two ones going at it. I <laughs> could be on the same team. <laughs> How 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 crazy would that would be? They're they're competing with each other for rookie of the year. <laughs> that's that's probably happened before, right? That that must have happened. Is there a scenario that was the uh well I don't uh not number ones but guys from different classes because that was the whole Ben Simmons when he was delayed. Uh, but I don't think there's ever been. I mean, you would think it'd be ones versus ones, but not not always the case. All right, is that uh is that wrapping up all our NBA CBA changes? Yep. Yep and I'm how sure, i'm sure there'll be more as we go along yeah no I, I i i like it i think that they're making changes i like that we're kind of in the loop i mean not that they don't always tell us all of this but it does feel like sometimes or at least in the past like i remember growing up when there was cba talk and it just felt like yeah this is all, all stuff that's way above your head guys like i can't tell you any of this and maybe i'm just older now and, and may, able to like kind of understand it a little bit better or they're just explaining it or making decisions that are a lot less business sounding and just make a lot more sense like just rational sense uh but i think some of it too is that the cba was agreed upon so quickly this time that these are all these are the agreements i think in the past where the it took a lot longer to for it to be agreed upon and things leaked out it was hey we're hearing this might happen or it could be this or this or this is what one group wants this is what the other one and there's a lot of posturing and trying to get the public's not interest but you know support where now it's just, this is what's happening. This is happening in the next year. Get, buckle up. <laughs> All right, we got about 10 minutes left on the podcast here. We can talk a little bit about some China basketball, or we can get into a little football stuff and do some quarterback helmets. You want me to decide? Yeah, yeah your topics, because I don't really know anything about either of them. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about football, because... With uh, having having some some more downtime lately, I uh, watching a lot more uh, just like YouTube videos on the background, and it's uh, you know it's it's been a while. And it's like, oh, you know what? Kind of kind of miss football. I like all this basketball, but you know, still we're still a very long ways off. But I you know I, I miss it. But this was the news that came out earlier this week. The uh, the NFL has unveiled quarterback specific helmets for the 2023 season, and one of those headlines when you see it. That just uh, it kind of hits you with, wait a minute. All like there are eleven guys on the football field, but there are several different positions in the offense and on the defense. 
Why have we not had quarterback? Why have we not had specific position specific helmets for a while now? I suppose most of them are making impact in different areas and in different ways. So what what is the like what what is what what is the difference? Is it just certain angles that this pr- protects better from, or certain visuals you can see better uh, view wise or peripherals? It's strictly protection. Much more safety. Much more safety for for, for concussions. Uh, helmet to ground is for it, it accounts for fifty percent of the concussions by the quarterback. Uh, so they're saying this uh, this new new helmet. We'll be able to to reduce that, and so it's just more focused on like how can we protect helmet hitting the ground maybe a little more than helmet getting hit by another helmet. Okay, all right. Look, this is this is an ongoing problem. This is never going to go away. It's it's a it's a physical sport. They're guys hitting guys is is never going to not be football. But what I am a little tired of, and what I am a little. Uh, if we could fix this in any way, it's it's obviously never going to be perfect. But hey, man, I don't know if our guy's going to play this week. You know, he's in concussion protocol. It could be one week, could be two weeks. If it's Tua, it could be another career. It could just, I don't like those conversations. And if we could stop having them, it'd be great. And if this is helping towards not having them and towards preventing them and really just towards providing an actual safety at the quarterback position, I think that's better for all of us. Because there's only a handful of guys, I think, in the league that are actually good at quarterback. And if all of them are just constantly vulnerable, just being game over for the next week, that's not that's not good for the NFL product. That's that's just too much parity than I'd I really want to be. It also puts so much pressure on your coaching staff of having a, a backup being an actual priority. Like like look at the Niners. Like the Niners, their entire season saved because they were lucky their backup just came through, just enough to even save the season. And that happened twice, like that, in the same year. And it's not it's not necessarily concussion stuff. It could just be injuries, but it's just if this is something that we could fix or eliminate or prevent even the slightest way, I think I'm all for it. This is great. Now I'm curious though. This is specifically just to the quarterback. Are there other efforts being put into other helmets for other positions as well? I have not heard that, but once I kind of heard this one, it's like, well, why, why, why are we not? Because it just once. It, something I never thought about, but it's like, yeah, the way a receiver is getting hit is much different than the way a defensive lineman is getting hit. But as far as I'm concerned, all the helmets are, are kind of the same beyond the, I, I know the, 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 the grill in the, in the front, you know, is different. And that just seems to be more for uh, protection from, from uh, hands and fingers and, you know, visually what you need to be able to see. Yeah, I just wonder if it's going to turn into like like the quarterback pads, where it's like, oh, yeah, that wide receiver's tough. He he wears quarterback pads, or that that wide receiver made a decision. He's he's wearing the quarterback helmet. It's a it's a choice, and uh, it's 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 so and so's justified reason for all this. He says you all should be doing it, but that no one else is, or everyone else starts to jump on board. I, 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 is that going to be the story here? Like, what, I, I'm just curious if this is going to be a story well, at it all. Doesn't even, it doesn't even exist as long as um as far as I'm aware. But I got to imagine. If uh, you have a helmet that can make sure that you're you're safer and it doesn't impact your ability to see or anything else, that I don't know why why wouldn't you wear it? Uh, I'm wondering, like, what if it just looks too different and it's like this is gonna take some long time to adjustment? Like, it just turns into like I think it's like a box on your head or just like the shape is different than what we're used to. Like, what if, what if it ends up being like a real revolution, re- revolutionary looking helmet? 
<laughs> and we were just looking back at like, oh man, that was football pre whatever helmet. Like, look how crazy we were. They're so small. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're so dangerous. Like, these all have whatever sensors in them. They like balance out and save you from shaking your head. Uh, it is it's very possible. It, it would it would be cool. I feel, is that going to be the new sports advancement? I mean, we have all of the technology, all all of this AI stuff, all of these advantages, and I I still feel like the the physicality part of this is is always going to be a risk. I think I think it's always going to be a risk. All right, I'm going to start playing the outro music here. Is there anything else you want to get to? Did you want to talk about the weekend? Do you want to talk about the travel? Do we do we need to shout some people out? Did you say we had a good uh, I time? Don't- I, I I had a great time. I don't know how you and me and the the rest of the group survived uh, survived New Orleans for for a long weekend, but uh, I've, I've never quite been in a city that has uh, just way less rules than than other places with the, the open container. And it was uh, it, it was fun, but yeah, definitely a unique city. But had had a great time. Excellent time. Shout out to the best man, especially really organizing and truly putting together an awesome trip. I. I, I'm normally really particular like the trips I go on and the plans. I like really being hands-on with everything, but this was all right up my alley. Very, very impressive. Very fun. Very good group and uh, a, a worthy celebration that I that we get to kind of reunion in a couple more months for uh, the actual wedding. So that'll be fun. Um, you travel, man. Travel in New Orleans. It's a different area for sure. Food. Food's great. Food's excellent. I don't think I had a bad meal there. Did you have a bad meal there? No. No, yeah. try to try a bunch of do new new things. Yeah, I, I think I felt the same way. I don't know if I've necessarily gone to a city and tried so many new things and been like, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of kind of on board with all this. Because normally there's like at least one where it's like they only really do that here. Like no one else does that, and you either really like it or you hate it because it's 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 just different. It's something you really can't do anywhere else. I I didn't feel like any of that was really um, that offensive or I, I was just into it. I was into all of it. Uh, all right, um, definitely. Yeah, the cumulative hangover is, is just 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 added up. <laughs> we're doing the, we're doing the podcast Monday or Wednesday next week. How about we decide that in the last thirty seconds here? Uh, whatever works for you. I'm available both days. All right, that's that's good to go. Uh, I imagine we'll have tons of basketball to talk about. A little basketball heavy today, and probably a little bit more basketball heavy going on in the next week. But uh, we'll let you know if we're Wednesday or Monday. I'm thinking maybe Monday we kind of jump back on that train. But uh, we'll. We'll let you know, and uh, either way, we appreciate you listening and staying strong as we've been a little sporadic with our schedule. We'll try and line this all back up in the next coming weeks as we don't have nearly as much travel options and plans and weird, bad, drunken decisions coming up. Uh, But thank you as always for listening, and we'll be back next week. column A, little column B.